Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the Too Beautiful to Live radio show slash podcast. On Monday mornings, we give you a recap of the previous week's shows. But now it's Saturday, where we have a little room to stretch out, have a guest on to talk about their relationship with TBTL, play their favorite segment, in tonight's case, an entire podcast from show history, and hash it over. But I can't do this all by myself. Producer Bobby Pape who is the solid, I've met this man, he's a solid Rhode Island 7. Solid. Um, he's close by to steer the ship, but as always, I'm joined on the air by the most perfect 10, the lovely Christy Wise. Hello, C. Wise. Hello, Mike. Christy, uh, we have a guest we've been trying to track down for a while tonight. We have actually yes. been trying to track her and her friends down, but we've only been able to get her so far, and that is... Kelly McBride Folkers. Did I say that right, Kelly? You did indeed. You did indeed. I'm very impressed. And unlike uh, last week's guest, Hillary Livingston Butler, whose middle name was her last name, Kelly's actual middle name is McBride. I exactly. found that out before yeah. the show. Yeah. That's an unusual middle name. How did, how did you get that? So my that's my grandmother's maiden name. And it's my mom started this tradition with my sister and I that she gave both of our grandmothers' maiden names to us, so my, I'm one of two. So my sister's middle name is Schaefer, which is my other grandmother's maiden name. So it's like this kind of cool feminist thing. I just think it sounds so badass. So yeah, <laughs> I re- I really like that tradition. Is it that's what Emily did with her son, right? Similar. Oh yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah, yeah. Her son, her son's name is Cullen, and her her parents' name is Cullen. Her dad's name is Edward Cullen. Believe it or not. Uh, who is a semi-famous columnist for um, the Baton Rouge newspaper long before the vampires appeared? So we're going to have Kelly. Uh, we're going to we're going to interview her about uh, her history with TBTL. I have some things I want to ask her about. Just stuff I've I've seen her facebooking before. We'll play her clip, which is the laundromat episode of Andrew and uh, Luke going to the laundromat on Capitol Hill. I'll let everyone know how to get involved and uh, if there's any house to keep. Christy, we'll do that. Um, of course, we always have some things we must discuss uh, tonight. Uh, we're recording this well in advance of release, probably I think a week in advance of release. And today something happened. Uh, I'm not sure if it happened in Washington, D.C., but it happened for the Washington Nationals. Kelly, you're, you live in Washington, right? I, I do live in Washington. I'm a Washington native, and I am a diehard Nationals fan. And so when I saw that on the run sheet, I was like, <laughs> yes, we were talking about this. I could talk your ear off. So, well, you know. it, something huge happened today. Oh, and, absolutely and huge. And that was... Max Scherzer, who used to pitch for Detroit, sorry, Cinder, he, he's now, now a member of the Nationals, he pitched a no-hitter today, and I just saw, before we started the podcast, I just saw the highlight that denied him the perfect game, and it was, uh, there were two outs in the ninth, and the hitter, who were they playing again? They were playing the Pirates. They lost their first game. It's pretty bad. Our bullpen is really suffering right now. Like we are having some major, major issues. But I was watching the vine of Tanada like leaning into the pitch. It's it's such bullshit. Sorry, Aiden, yeah. but it's well, bullshit. Yeah, let me let me set the scene. Scherzer has a no hitter. He has a perfect game actually going. He has two outs in the ninth and a perfect game going. And the Pirates hitter, I wouldn't say he completely leaned into the pitch, but he, he did not get out of the way. He made no effort to get out of the way. And the proper call there is the batter is out. I agree. Uh, on a two-point pitch like that. And 
and the umpire did not have the stones to make that call. How mad were you? I didn't see, well, okay. I didn't hear about it until after it happened because I was in New York today, um, and I was going to be at the game, but I actually, you know, had to <sighs> kind of not go at the last, I didn't get tickets, thank goodness, but yeah, I was planning on going to this game, so I'm pretty annoyed about that. That was more sort of mm. where my annoyance led, but I was like buying some uh, beer for tonight to drink for my night uh, <laughs> podcasting, and I heard the mm. end of the, you know, the game already ended and the radio feed was going on, and um, Dave Jagler and Charlie Slows were the Nats announcers. They're fantastic. They're talking about the game, and I just, I'm like, oh my god, how did I not listen to this today? Like the one game that I decide not to follow or not to, you know, I normally turn on the audio feed for at least part of it, mm-hmm. and I was just mad I didn't hear it. But you know, as I was saying on Twitter, no hitter, no problem. Well, yeah, it, it was disappointing for him to lose the no hitter, and since I'm a Mariners fan, I'm actually no, he obviously he didn't lose the no hitter. He lost the perfect game. Yeah. And as a, as a Mariners fan, I'm kind of happy that it happened because that means that Felix is still the last pitcher with a perfect game. Okay. So well, so I'm sympathetic, but but not entirely disappointed that that happened. And I also think it was an injustice. But enough enough baseball talk, enough Mariners talk. I have to turn it over to Christy now because I would talk baseball with you all night. <laughs> well, we'll do that eventually. Christy is prone to falling asleep during podcasts, so I'm going to have to let her talk now. Christy, go ahead. All right. Hello, Kelly. Hey, Christy. Hi. Um, so I just want the listeners to get to know you a little bit. Um, when did you start listening to TBTL? So my TBTL story, I think, is a little bit unique in that I started listening to it when I was living in Europe. And I lived in Sweden for a year and a half after I graduated college. I was doing biomedical research. And it was a really difficult place to live for the first few months, especially because it's cold, it's dark. Um, and I just really took to listening to lots of podcasts because it took me a really long time to actually make IRL friends. So I uh, just got on the podcast train. And one of my lab mates, he, his name is Ross. He's a 10. He's not on the Stens page. So as I said earlier about someone else, Mike, you'll like him a lot. Um, mm-hmm. so he got me into TBTL. He said, oh, you should try this listening to the show. It's called Too Beautiful to Live. And I asked him what it was about, and he, he was like, it's not really about anything. <laughs> so I remember exactly what I was doing. I was actually just sitting at my lab bench, um, like pipetting stuff into a tube. It was a boring day. It was like a really boring procedure where you're just mixing a bunch of different tubes around. And, um, I, the laundry show, the one that we're playing tonight was the first episode that I heard. And I was just so oddly drawn into it. I can't really explain it, but I just kept listening, and um, it became quickly a part of my regular podcast routine, and I just really liked the idea of this TENS community. So that is how all of that started. But I've only been a listener for a few years, so I'm definitely not, you know, one of the people who was originally around when Jen um, and Luke were doing the show on Cairo, but... That's why I love your show so much because I'm really getting to know all the history and all the all the old stuff that is just so yeah. great. That's what I was going to ask you about too because the the two shows that we're doing are very different the 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 Monday show and the Saturday show. Right. And it it seems like they're they're kind of aimed at different audiences. The the Monday show is for people that are really really up to date like up to the minute on the show and just can't get enough of new content churning and then the Saturday show seems to be somewhere where people are just kind of uh it's a companion on the weekend and they're they're having fun listening to this old stuff. Even you know it doesn't have to be Jen, but it can be 
you know, reminiscing about older stuff with Andrew, too. Well, that's interesting because I actually, I mean, I will listen most Mondays, but I have to admit, I don't make every single Monday show. But I love the Saturday shows. I love hearing about the listeners, and I get to hear all these shows I've never heard before. So it's kind of this great, um, it is a companion to TVTL. Like, I get my fix, and sometimes it'll be something I've heard before, and it'll be a nice trip down memory lane. But I was listening to Preacher Jen today and was dying of laughter. People were <laughs> staring at me on this bus, like, what is wrong with this girl? <laughs> I also... Um, it was also just a bad day for me. I, like, got a, a hero before I got on the bus in New York, and I was, like, definitely spilling all over myself and then listening to this podcast and laugh. It was just not a good situation. <laughs> like, no one should have – I did not want anyone to pay attention to me, but you guys made that a little impossible. <laughs> mm. Well, I, I guess we're sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really just I, – I am, like, the most spilly person in the world, so mm. – so have you gone you so then you haven't gone back and listened to all the old shows then? Well, I mean, how many of them are there? Like since my time has started, probably a couple thousand a thousand at least or fifteen hundred. Well, yes, since two thousand eight. Yeah. Well, if your first episode was thirteen eleven, the laundromat episode, I'm gonna ballpark it at thirteen hundred and ten episodes that you yeah. No, we made that joke on the show once about cereal. He was like, "Yeah, you know, this is just one in a collector series." So, this is episode seventeen fifty-five. So, you might want to go back and uh, listen to the first one. It's like, real cool. <laughs> it's yeah, that ship is kind of sailed now. I don't know what kind of a maniac would could start listening now, like with that came along with Infinite Guest, and then could really go back. It's getting pretty unwieldy, right? As far I mean, as yeah, I've listened to, I mean, I guess the shows where they've had, like, any, um, what is the segment that they do? Um, oh, it's like just the, going into the TBTL archives, like anything um, with Jen. I wish you were on the show more. I have loved when they've just had her call in to talk about stuff since I've started mm-hmm. listening to the new shows, and I wish she would be on more. Granny time, I totally relate. I am such a grandma, so <laughs> I feel like she and I would be best friends. Yeah, I think uh, her and Jason are in a very successful place professionally right now, and it just seems like they're, it's probably not going to happen soon. And I, I would think it might be a bad sign for them if she does start appearing regularly because, like, uh, you know, maybe Jason's business <laughs> is falling off, and we don't want that to happen. So it would be nice for her to make, you know, to make a return once in a while, but I don't think it'll ever be a real regular thing. But we'll ask her that when we have her on, which is not going to be too long. A bunch of the people we've interviewed have talked about how the TENS community, their local community, has been pretty influential in your life. Do you have any stories about that? Oh, lots of them. So I, when I moved back from Europe, um, I was really used to actually talking to my friend Ross about the show. We would be typically listening to it at the same time while we were doing work in the lab. So it was kind of cool that we could discuss that together. And so I really missed that. And... We there is a you know DC tens Facebook page, but I had seen it hadn't been active in a while. So I posted something like, "Why are we not hanging out? Let's get something together." And so we started a meetup. I would say that was what maybe a little over a year ago. I actually couldn't go to the first one that I organized because <laughs> I like it was awful. I don't know what was wrong with me, but I had some weird allergic reaction on my face and. I wasn't going to go meet a bunch of people I didn't know and be looking like, I don't know, something had just 
decided to like grow over my face that day. So definitely skipped that one. But so we, we have kind of a core group of people that hang out pretty much every week. We have this standing happy hour at this basement bar in Chinatown, which is, we thought it was uh, appropriate because at the time during, in the show, Andrew was talking about going to lots of basement bars a lot. We were like, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like Andrew would yeah. be really into this place. Um, well, tell us what that bar is and, and what, what night and what time in case there are Washingtons out there that aren't even aware that this is going on. Yeah, absolutely. So we normally do our happy hours at the Friday of the middle week, so Thursdays, um, at this bar called Jackpot. It's at 7th and 8th Street Northwest, and it's right across the street from the Gallery Place Metro. But the Metro Center stops, so all of the different lines in D.C. converge at this area of town. So it works for pretty much everybody because nice. um, we're all coming from different parts of the city. So we meet typically every Thursday, like around 6, um, this bar for for DC, which can be such a yuppie and just annoying place to drink, it's a great. Their happy hour is four hours long, it's from four to eight. They have free popcorn. You can bring your own food in. It's mm-hmm. it used to be really crowded. Um, there was like a few months when the Washington Post uh, did this like best bars of 2014 write up, and Jackpot was one of them. And we were like, God damn it, you guys are taking away our podcast space. So. Yep. It's calmed down a lot now. We actually were very concerned that we'd have to find a new bar, and it was it was not it was some rough going for like a few happy hours. But we're back on track. Um, yeah, we would love to have more people. We have so there are three of us that kind of hang out pretty regularly, and then we have other tens who are just busier. They have a lot, probably have a lot more going on in their lives actually, so they come more intermittently. But it's a really good group of people, and. I've started to just really value those friendships. I'm actually moving to New York this fall, and um, I'm going to miss my ten friends the most. So that's been mm-hmm. a little. Are, are you planning on like getting getting some New York people together? There are quite a few people that I know, at least on on Twitter and a few on Facebook that live in New York. Yeah, I really want to. I am now in the New York Tens group. I was there in April for a weekend, and I actually ended up meeting. One of the New York Tens, Catherine. She was well, we met at Peter Pan Donut and Pastry Shop in Greenpoint. Oh, right. oh, yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, it was super fun. Um, she was the only person who came, so but that's okay. You know, we're I'm used to that at this point with the Washing Twos, me and Jen, and now the Washington, the Washing Threes. So, um, but that well, was really believe great. me. Pape, Pape lives up uh, in Rhode Island, and um, I, I bet he was tempted to drive down because donuts were involved. Yeah, I donuts. mean, I bet he was this close to getting in his, his Yaris and, and jumping jumping on the freeway <laughs> oh, and well, getting down there. I think I saw him post a picture at... Oh, he's after. been there. Yeah, he and I are <laughs> friends. I just kind of stalk him randomly because yeah. he's a TVTL celebrity and I just want to pretend like I know him, but I really don't. We're just friends on Facebook. The man knows how to snack, and if you ever do meet him, you'll you'll see it firsthand. Keep your hands and feet away from his mouth. This man can eat. Um, oh, there's, no. there's one thing that I wanted to ask you before we um, start setting up the clip. Yeah. Uh, Emily told me, of course, you're a lady scientist, which I didn't even know existed until tonight. You're a lady scientist. <laughs> but you didn't know that the term lady scientist existed? Yeah, I just that... didn't know ladies were allowed to do science. Oh, uh, no. I guess I haven't been reading the Stens page. Right. Um, so I just found out tonight you're allowed to do science, and then Emily told me to make sure to ask you, because I often will mime doing surgery, but not just regular surgery, like really tiny surgery, like on a, a, a squirrel or a rat or a mouse. 
and she gets really disturbed. I mentioned Emily again, so please, everyone, drink. Drink, um, yeah. So she, she says, well, Kelly's done it for real. She operated on a mouse. And I said, how did this get by me? And she said, no, it's real. So I confirmed with you before we came on that I wouldn't be asking about this just because I got pranked by my wife. Uh, you did surgery on a mouse? Yeah. Yeah, I know how to do lots of surgeries on mice. So I am a biomedical Holy researcher. Man. I'm leaving research, though, for a few different reasons. But without getting into all of the details, because it can be a little controversial, that, uh, yeah, I just I know how to do certain surgical procedures um, for different manipulations for studies that I've done. So it's, so, it's kind of cool. But my question then is because I, I do all of these these uh, pantomimes, um, do you actually have really tiny instruments like the kind I'm pretending to pull out of a tiny doctor's bag when I and lay out on a tiny cloth before I do my well, surgery? They're, they're like totally normal surgical tools. Yeah, I ordered a bunch of tools when I first started working at my current lab, they're like, oh, yeah, just pick out whatever you want. And um, they're, like, from an actual surgery, like, human surgery magazine. Uh-huh. So it's pretty cool. Um, but, yes, I do know how to it's, – it's a – I wanted to go to medical school for a while in college, and then I decided that that actually sounded awful. And um, <laughs> yeah. really I just wanted to be a neurosurgeon, and, like, I just wanted the cred of being able to perform surgery on people. And now I'm just like, yeah, mouse surgeon. <laughs> so when you first started doing mouse surgery, did you have a, a little book open next to it that, so you would know exactly where everything was, or were you confident when you went in? Well, I mean, um, for the most part, I'm doing, like, a lot of it is kind of terminal procedures, so that's kind of uh-huh. sad. But, you know, it's all, it's just study diseases that, you know, you can't really study in right. ways, so it, you know, I'm actually going. I'm sure people knew you weren't talking about plastic surgery well, and, right. and, yeah, and yeah. bunion <laughs> removal. <laughs> this is um, every surgery on a mouse is major surgery. I I would think. Oh yeah, it's totally major. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's not like we're just um, you know, giving them like a a rhinoplasty or something. Like I don't even know how to take out as appendix. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to do that. I don't I don't know. I mean, I guess they still probably study mouse appendicitis or appendicitis in a mouse that would relate to a human. I don't know. But, um, no, normally how it works in, in science is that when you're learning stuff like that, you learn from either, like, a postdoctoral fellow in your lab who has been has more experience than you or, like, a like most labs will have a research tech, and their job is essentially just to assist the entire lab with work like that. And they'll just sit with you and you, you know, they show you how to do it and then you will do the procedure and then you do it as many times as you need with supervision until you're good at it. Yeah. That sounds really good, really cool because, you know, you basically can't do that with humans because they're going to sue you if you don't do something right. You know, with a, with a mouse, you're like, well, that one didn't quite work, you know? Yeah. So how about the next one? I don't know if I should tell this story. Well, I'll tell it. No, we can cut it out. It we can cut it out if you don't. If you, if it's, yeah. So I also know. Also, a lot of what I do now um, involves essentially just giving mice medication in different ways. And mm-hmm. there's one technique where you're essentially um, inserting a feeding tube, and and it's like oral administration of medication. You have to do this really specific procedure mm-hmm. to do it on a mouse, and it's quite difficult to learn. But so the first time I did it. Instead of inserting the tube into the mouse's esophagus and then, like, properly giving it the medication, I 
definitely went into the trachea and killed a mouse, like, on contact. It was awful. It was so bad. I was horribly upset by it for, like, a couple of days. And everyone in my lab was like, we've all done this. This happens all the time in science. And so I'm actually – so I'm leaving research to go study bioethics, um, Mm -hmm. which is going to be interesting. I'm I'm also – looking for jobs right now in clinical research. So I'm, like, leaving the animal world, but this stuff just really mm-hmm. fascinates me, so it really gets me going. And um, It's probably why I was so involved in the lady scientist conversation on Facebook, which right. I'm sure you had a huge <laughs> problem with, Mike. I know it's one of your many, <laughs> your many things that you're going to gripe on people about. <laughs> no, no, I was fine with the first 300 conversations that happened. I, I, thought, I thought they were productive. This yeah, was yeah. number 301 that started to get on my nerves. Well, I was a little mad at Luke, but I'm over it now. Yeah. Well, he makes a living being flip, and sometimes he's a little too <laughs> oh, flip. People you know? are mad about uh, what he said about assistance animals. People yeah, yeah, that's the new one. That's the one that's popping up we don't today. Know. We don't know what what he talked about, but we, I've seen that going around today. Yeah, it, oh, was, on, right. it was on Facebook today. I'm oh, sure. well, you're then you'll have a good time talking about that. It's actually probably better for the Monday show if you guys don't listen and just like, <laughs> I think it is. I think that's a good, you guys should purposefully not listen to the shows and then you can speculate about what they said. That would be really great. The next time. Luke that's that's actually what we did. That's, yeah. what, well, that's what we did. So um, that, that show's already out. So, uh, so go get that if you haven't already. Christy, do you have anything else before I set up the tape? Uh, we'll just, play it now and then come back and talk (laughs) okay uh this tape of course i mentioned before was a podcast it was episode 1311 from tuesday april 2nd 2013 the first episode that kelly listened to they decided to do a show while andrew did laundry so uh paper play the clip so um i was trying to talk you into doing a little uh, laundry while we did the show at Burbank yeah. Studios, but you were you had your mind set on doing it here at um, this laundromat that we still don't know the name of? I think it's called City Laundry. We're going to call it that for the purposes of this show. All right, and so um, where are we at in the process here, by the way? We're pretty far along, actually. We're already in the drying process, but I can kind of walk you through exactly how we got to where we are today. Take me into your world, because it's a fascinating story. How much time do you have? So this is my this is my general thing. So I come here all the time, right? And I love laundromats. Do you know that about me? I actually love laundromats. Genevieve really wants to get a house that has its own laundry, but part of me will lose the experience of coming to a laundromat. I'm not sure that I'm willing to give that up. You might be the only person I've ever met who actually prefers doing laundry outside of the home environment. Oh, I'm not going to lie to you. Would it be a lot easier? Would I get a lot more done if I could just be at home, the TV's on, or you're doing work in the kitchen or whatever, and, yeah, you can just, like, kind of take care of laundry? I think life would be much easier. I'm not going to pretend that that's not a fact. But there is something about the aesthetic of actual laundromats that I really like, and maybe, again, as part of the kind of, like, growing up in... um, the fact that you wanted to grow up in an Edward Hopper Nighthawks <laughs> right. painting because that's what typically I associate laundromats with. It's just like, not like it's it's not bleak in that like, this is actually a pretty nice laundromat. They have a bunch of posters up for various arts productions that are going on in the city. It's clean. There's an attendant on duty. It's probably going to come over later and ask us what the exactly. hells we're doing. You got just, the license. You got the license for this, the podcasting license. Ooh, I um, I thought you were getting that. Yeah, um, they're going to shut it down. 
This is going to be like the Beatles rooftop concert all over again. I think of it as the U2 or the Streets Have No Name concert, but whatever. Right. Well, potato, potato. U2 blazed a path that the Beatles then followed. U2 blazed a path right to the middle. <laughs> right. Where hundreds of nickelbacks followed, <laughs> really like did. lemmings. Okay, so I was going to say, though, like, I think of laundromats as being a little depressing, although this is actually not a depressing laundromat at all. No, not at all. I actually like this place, although i got to say, this does not have the same, like, I, I prefer, like, this place has a carpet. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a huge fan of having a carpet in a laundromat, as a matter of fact. It should be black and white tile. Very clean. Everything should have very clean lines in a laundromat. Should it be open, in your opinion, 24 hours a day with no attendant and some kind of coin machine that many people in the middle of the night, drug addicts presumably, try to steal from? Well, I think they do it right pretty much here. They are open until, I think, 10 o'clock. I can't quite see. The attendant's only on. He's not. I don't usually see an attendant here because I usually do it on weekends. They don't. It's unattended on weekends. But you have to have some... um, you do have to have some uh, limitations as to staying open 24 hours, especially on this corner. Like, you come in here, like, there are a lot, there's, like, you just missed a fella, I hope he's not here anymore, in earshot, a shorter fella, yeah. who was making a lot of noise talking to himself while he was doing his laundry, a lot of grunting, a lot of that. And you have a lot of people who... Um, Did you think he was sort of uh, demonstrating the, I don't know, the markings of somebody who was maybe mentally ill? Yeah, sort of, or somebody who... But still hygienic. Exactly, or somebody who... I would say that this is a laundromat, because of its location, that attracts a lot of people who are on the fringes of society. You know what I mean? You have a lot of people who are kind of walking by a lot. You mentioned, like, the, 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 the drug situation as far as the change machine and stuff like that. Although, why do, why do druggies need the change machine? I just... I think of laundromats that I have used as being these kind of, like, isolated outposts that, because there's not usually anybody actually there physically attending the place that like but there is money that's being put into the machines and there is a change machine i just feel like at some point something weird goes down because there's no supervision like there's usually some formica tables like you said there's no carpet it's just kind of like a weird outpost Mm -hmm. like it could be in the middle of like the desert or something and i just figure that like drug people would at some point try to break into one of the machines because there'd be nobody there kind of a thing. That was just me inventing a right. a kind of a, right. a, a world that, that goes on at some of these places. Well, in, in, in this case, I think that's fair. I often come in here and there's usually the, the one or two people who definitely seem like they're just kind of like probably living in their cars, like, you know, no joke, and just kind of like they come here once in a while and just like do a whole mess of... See, that actually surprises me too because we're on Capitol Hill, but we're in like... You know, the part of Capitol Hill where it's, you know, this is not by any means the end of the earth. This is like a place where it's fairly expensive to have an apartment. Like, I would think if I was a person who was looking to do laundry and I was living in my car, there's got to be one of these in Tukwila, SeaTac. There's got to be one of these in a way more sort of like easy-to-park place that's more near, like, social services and things? Well, honestly, though, I mean, Capitol Hill, like, you see the kids, right? Like, the street kids who are, like, just all up and down Broadway and everything. And we have, like, we're right on the edge of Capitol Hill, so you go down this hill, and then you're in downtown. And this is where a lot of people, like, I see those same kids, like, with their dogs or whatever constantly kind of... And you How many dogs are, are being washed currently? Um, they actually have a very strict rule about no putting dogs... Well, you can put them in the washer, but not the dryer. Right. If you you can dry them, but on gentle right but well no actually you make a clunking noise oh, yeah. it's like shoe no shoes or dogs in the dryers so the take washing, me through it oh by the way let me mention people 
Welcome to a Tuesday afternoon edition of TBTL, the show that um, is definitely, definitely too beautiful to live. This is episode uh, 1,311 in the Collector Series, and we are, in fact, in a laundromat, uh, me and uh, Andrew Walshke. Yeah, and um, so I'm doing a little daytime or a little weekday washing because I don't have to do a show tonight. And uh, But usually here's how it goes down on the Saturday. The wash, these are all new machines, right? These are pretty sweet machines, and they do it really quick. You can see that you can basically put two loads into one machine, one load. Do you have to put different colors in? See, yeah. Or, I mean, do you have to put the same color in, or do you get do you just no, go I straight just up one color? In. Like, no, that, that's, I mean, I don't think that I do it necessarily right, but I do it my way. And we have an agreement in my house that basically, if I'm going to be it's the your one, way or the highway? It's just kind of like, if I'm going to be the one in charge of doing the laundry, which I don't mind, but I'm not going to be doing a lot of separating and pulling out, because I don't need to do that for my own stuff. So I always tell Genevieve, if you have something special or whatever, pull that out yourself. That's your responsibility. But for this, I just put everything in. Put it all in. Put it on warm, not too hot, not too cold, warm. Learn this from Goldilocks. Throw it in there. Then you have 20, usually 22 to 27 minutes of free time. That's usually when I will rush to the grocery store and buy whatever I need on my grocery list for the day because the grocery store is only about five minutes from here. Perfect amount of time to do your um, grocery shopping because it also it means that you're not just going to kind of wander around the store and waste too much time. See, we got that going up. Um, Is this your stuff over here? No, my stuff's over in a dryer on the other side. Can we walk over there and see how it's looking? So the drying, though, takes an hour. So usually once you're... um, My drying stuff is right next to this gentleman over here. So we have uh, 46 minutes left. I put the dry... put it all into one of these dryers, crank it up for an hour, and then that's when you get some real good knee time. How do you usually spend that? So usually there are two bars right around the corner from here. One is called Clever Duns, and it's a, um, it's a like an Irish pub kind of place, and I really like it. It's got absolutely no pretense whatsoever, just kind of my kind of bar, right? I went in there last time I was doing laundry, sat next to a, kind of a middle-aged, heavy-set guy who was really into um, whatever. NCAA, laundry? NCAA game was going on. No, but they do know. Like, the bartender down the street, like, sometimes I'll be like, I'm going to leave this beer here. I'm going to go change my laundry. He's like, absolutely. Like, I, I get that, you know. Like, so it's like they're very, very accommodating. I think they should team up, actually. Shall we go down there and have a beer while we wait? Yeah, yeah. I've always thought, you're right, I've always thought laundry theft is the most bizarre thing because what's the real value in somebody else's laundry? I mean, you might get lucky and maybe they're maybe they're drying an Hermes scarf that's $1,000, but right. probably not. Well, you know, and I was being, like, pretty polite in there because I could see that we had the tension of the attendant, and yeah. I didn't want to be, like, really. You know, now, we should just, because we're outside now, and we've gone from what we're going to call city laundry to uh, what we do know is city market. Now, today, this sign they put outside, this is actually very, very, very mellow by their standards, right? It's a little hand-drawn thing that says, Larry Leprechaun says, City Market is your pot of gold at the end of your rainbow. Last week when I drove by, it was a drawing of Oscar Pistorius. <laughs> That's right. Did you see that one? Yeah, because they sell chicken here. Yeah, said, I always come to City Market for the chicken, and I love the wings. Ha, you thought I would say legs. Exactly. So they're often on the edge. There's another one here. They always do these fan- these uh, cute little drawings. This one says, it's got a picture of the, uh, of the chimney from uh, Sistine Chapel. This is 
Nancy Jevlin says, if you see white smoke, it's only us cooking more tasty fried chicken. They try to be very topical, although they're a little behind the times. I do like, though, that they, like, it's a little uh, shining reference. It says, Jack Torrance says, here's the deli, or here's deli, and it's kind of a a fairly bad drawing of Jack Nicholson. I do always wonder what the story is behind whoever draws those, because... There's a fa- oh here here we go on the other side of the sign. Oscar Pistorius says I would kill for that tasty. Oh I'm sorry I left out the most <laughs> offensive part. Oscar Pistorius says I would kill for that tasty city market fried chicken. I love the wings, but you thought I would say legs. Yeah. So that's a that's a double whammy of offensiveness. Do you give them points for edginess or are they just being dicks? Oh, no, I like those. Actually, I mean, those weren't even the funniest ones, but at some point, somebody started drawing those things long before I moved here. And I think of it as a little tradition. It's always fun to walk by and see what they're going to pull from the news and uh, and just turn into a little ribald humor. Right, but it is sometimes, I would say, pretty edgy for a grocery store. Yeah, but, I mean, it never bothers me. Does it bother you? Is this where we insert the Stephen A. Smith drop later? <laughs> yes. It bothers me. So, you do you feel like if you had the option of having laundry facilities in your house, you'd probably eschew that because of the. And I understand this. I understand the logic you're 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 talking about because. The act of going out and doing it then builds in time for your grocery shopping, for your drinking. Yeah. Well, I got. if I'm being 100% honest with you, which I've never done before, but let's just do it now. Obviously, if I'm looking at an, uh, an apartment and they have a washer and a dryer, that would make my life easier. I'm not going to, like, spurn. I'm not going to toss that aside, but it's not a high priority for me. Other people are like, I would never go to the laundromat. I'm like... They, there's an upside to going to the laundromat. I never thought of it that way. Like we're entering Clever Duns. Well, as we sit here, this is a perfect time to remind all of you that TBTL gets sponsorship from Chateau Saint-Michel. wine! <laughs> Chateau Saint-Michel, they're Washington's leading winery. They are located in Woodinville, Washington. They are a longtime sponsor of the program, and uh, they are... They're just about the best folks that uh, that we've ever encountered. I'll tell you what, when it comes to TBTL advertiser land, if you are out and about and you're going to a party or you're going to do your laundry and it's a laundromat that's, um, you know, lacks on security, grab yourself a bottle of wine from Chateau Saint-Michel. And if you are on Facebook, we talked about this last year and uh, we got a pretty decent response, but we'd like to really up it this year. If you are on Facebook, go to the Chateau Saint-Michel Facebook page, will you? And will you throw them a like? And while you're at it, will you use their My Chateau app, which is a, a way that you can kind of just write about the happy places in your life, which by no coincidence involve Chateau Saint-Michel. Um, and then uh, if you uh, do one of those and you email us, we'll forward it on to the Chateau Saint-Michel people. And last year we did a thing where one of the uh, best ads got picked for a magazine ad. This year we are going to feature a blog post every month that has the four best My Chateaus that they send to us. If I sound distracted in this, it's because as I sit here in this window seat at this Irish bar on Capitol Hill, there is a giant, giant poster of our friend, Andy Haynes, the comedian who's been on the show many times. Turns out he's playing a uh, uh, a show at the Comedy Underground, but I had no idea 
that he was playing that show, and I, knew I, did, I had no idea there would be a poster with his face that's probably two feet by four feet, and that it would have a Maori tattoo on it, which it does. And if you think I'm making this up, wait till Andrew gets back to the table and I point it out to him. Anyway, please do support Chateau Saint-Michel because they support TVTL, and we appreciate it so much, and we appreciate all of you listening to this fine show and supporting our fine sponsors. So I was sitting here trying to do a little uh, ad for Chateau Saint-Michel, yeah. and then I looked over there, and there was a terrifying face on the... On the Oh, my gosh. What's wrong with his face? It looks like a Maori warrior. Did you even know he was doing a comedy show? No, I didn't. What is that? Just Is that poster just too weathered? Is that what happened? No, I think it's a creative decision. But I was telling the listeners that if they thought I was just making this up, there really is a weird giant poster of Andy Haynes with all kinds of junk on his face. Yeah, that is that is supposed to be there. Uh, all right, so here we are now. We've moved up to uh, Clever Duns, and I guess we're just kind of, I don't know what we're doing. We're just, we're doing one of those shows that uh, seems like a complete um, sort of, uh, I don't know, traffic wreck, and that usually we get good feedback on. But there's always a first time for the traffic wreck show just being a traffic wreck. Well, it's good to, it's good to get out from time to time and just, you know, basically I see this as kind of a these are the people in your neighborhood kind of. I mean, I guess we're not really introducing people. To that. This has a Sesame Street feel to it. We're, we're, out, we're out in our urban environs just doing what normal people do. And also keep in mind, like, the time we're recording this is, what time is it right now? It's like rush hour, basically. It's like six, it's quarter to six. It's rush hour, too. It's right. Um, And so, like, you know, I actually kind of, I don't usually do laundry at this time of day. Usually I'm doing it either on a weekend when it's more dead in a bar like this. There's usually, like, I'm the only person at the bar. Um, Or or much earlier in the day when I used to have my old schedule where I would, like, just be free by 4 in the afternoon. It's slightly different at 3.30, 4 in the afternoon than now where we're watching all these commuters just, like, kind of coming and going. A lot of people getting on and off of buses. And um, I don't know. I like this time of day. This is when I love living here. You know, let's talk about this. Is this on the rundown? Uh, the one that I um, <coughs> wrote on Andy Haynes' face? Yes, yes. That was you. Um, you know, when I moved here, I was, and, and still am ecstatic about living in this city and living here on Capitol Hill, where there's a lot of hubbub, things going back and forth, you know, and as I've well documented on the show, that's because I grew up and literally farm country, um, then, you know, kind of suburbs of Cleveland, and then rural New England. And so all I ever wanted was to live in a city. And now I live here in this city, and I love it. I absolutely drink it up. But there are times where I could feel guilty, and even a friend one time pointed out to me that it's kind of a waste on me, because, like, I can't tell you the last time I went to a rock show or something like that, or, or like, kind of did anything that is really, like, kind of city living. But for me... This is why I like living in a city. Not going out necessarily and, and making sure that I'm that I'm doing, making the scene, making the scene, and doing every single like event that the city has to offer. I just like going about my daily life, but in this kind of environment where I can just sit here and people watch. Did you see that woman's pants? Yeah, she had peace signs. They were actually it was a skirt over leggings, and the, leggings, the skirt had yeah. like yin yang, yin yans on them. Is it, it's yin. Yang. I always grew up calling it Ying Yang. Yeah, like me a, too. Because then there is like the Ying Yang twins, which I think is where uh, a misunderstanding of it gets formalized and right. then just forget it. Right. Well, language is a really, it's as long as people understand what you're saying, it's fine. Language to evolve.
evolves over time. So indeed, spoken uh, spoken like a true grammarian. <laughs> but anyway, do, do you dig what I'm saying? Like yeah. for me, like yeah. I used to go to a laundromat in Concord, New Hampshire, too. But it was not as not, not that this is exciting or necessarily fun. But it's so much more palatable just to sit here. Like I, you can choose. Like I said, there are two bars around the corner. There's another one there. There's a coffee shop that I love right down there. There's a coffee shop that I love right up there. Like basically doing your laundry, you then have an hour to kill. You can choose any one of a whole handful of places just to go sit, drink something, and just watch life go by and watch everybody kind of going about their going about their daily routine. I love that. Have you ever, um, as I have many times, lived in an apartment building that has laundry facilities in the basement? And have you ever had the feeling, because I haven't, have you ever had the feeling when you're in one of those laundry rooms like a rape wasn't imminent? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Our laundry, our apartment building, basement laundry rooms, not the most messed up places you've ever been in. They're really weird. As a matter of fact, the place I live now, so I, I live in like an actual house house has been turned into two apartments and the property manager lives downstairs for me, but they also manage the property right next to me, which is... And we like, should say, by the way, that when you describe your apartment, you live in what feels for all the world like a house. It has multiple floors. Yeah. It has lots of rooms. It's very housey. Yeah. It's very housey. It's even literally got a white picket fence around it, but... The same people who are my landlords own this proper apartment building, like a brick apartment building right next door to me. They actually have laundry facilities in the basement. I feel like my property manager always is a little bit hurt when she sees me carrying my laundry out to my car. But it's like, if I already have to carry dirty laundry outside, might as well just throw it in my car and do this whole routine. What's funny, though, is that the place that we uh, were at and will return to is uh, probably, I don't know... Eight longish blocks from your house, so it's pretty close. But apparently, it's it's not a distance you want to carry a big thing of dirty laundry so as to have everybody judge you about your unmentionables. Well, exactly. Like I, if I were going to walk this, and Genevieve even asked me before, she's like, "Do you want me to get you one of those little laundry carts?" And I said, "No." I've- I had one of those in Brooklyn, and. I thought it was going to be cool, but I just felt like an elderly woman. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying it would be the... I would prefer not to carry dirty laundry very far. I like to just, like, kind of get... But if I had a wheelie thing, I'm not saying I'm above it, but I'm also kind of like, if I need a wheelie thing, I can get it for myself. Like, there was something kind of like, you know, I don't need, like, in... It almost as, would be like a gift. And that's not really a gift I need my girlfriend to give me, necessarily. Right. Don't use up... Yeah. Don't use up a nice thing on, like, I'm doing a nice thing for you being, well, it's exactly the thing women have said for years. Like, my my, my Christmas present shouldn't be a vacuum. Mm. Do you know that I wanted a vacuum cleaner for Christmas <laughs> this year? I'm not even joking. Genevieve wouldn't get me a vacuum for Christmas because she's like, I just, I would never live that down. If anybody found out I got you a vacuum cleaner for Christmas, that would just, like, kind of just be something that would constantly be brought up in our relationship. Not by me, I don't think, but if friends found out. So basically, she wears the pants in the relationship and you wash them with all the other colors of pants. (laughs) Right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but she... We do have a good break. Do you know the one thing that I absolutely hate about doing laundry? Is folding laundry. I I was going to ask you when we got back to when the dryer was done at the laundromat, I was going to ask you what, what your strategy is because there's a whole man that's a limited time offer when that thing's coming out of the dryer if you're hoping to not have to press everything 
you got to get that stuff up on hangers. You got to get it laid out. There's a bunch of stuff y'all got to do. Well, I'm a I'm I'm a bit frumpy. So and and the number of sh- things that I have that can't be wrinkled are pretty minimal. Like mostly what I'm washing are just like t-shirts, underwear, socks, stuff like that. So it doesn't really matter. And I also those all wrinkle. Yeah, and I don't give a shit. Like the t-shirts I wear underneath my collared shirts. Like nobody the, the socks. I don't give a shit if my socks or underwear are wrinkled. Do you? People talk. All right. I think fewer people see my underwear than you. Just saying, if you think it's going unnoticed at the radio station. <laughs> we can use this as a talk shot for Ron and Don tomorrow. <laughs> I, um, I had a, an experience recently, and I will, I will cop to the fact that my, uh, my darling uh, fiancé is really, really kind and tends to. She's the Andrew of our particular setup when it comes to laundry. She tends to do it and uh, and take care of it, which I don't deserve. It's incredibly kind. But um, but every once in a while, she gets sort of a little fed up or distracted with other things. And so I recently had a like a giant pile of laundry that was on this kind of couch in the bedroom. And, you know, I call it Laundry Mountain, like a lot of people do. And what I realized one day was... My first thought was, oh, I need to fold that stuff and put it away. And then the next day I was like, yeah, I got to really fold that and put it away. But I just need to get this underwear off of the laundry mountain really quick. And then the next day I was like, actually, this doesn't look as bad as it did. I just need two socks. <laughs> and what I realized over time was that I just picked the laundry mountain clean. Yeah. I had worn everything that was in laundry mountain. And then next to it was dirty laundry. <laughs> Glacier or some other geologic thing. I would do that. When I lived alone, I just took the laundry out. Like, I had a laundry mountain for a while, and then every now and then I'd be like, all right, well, most of these go in this drawer. Like, as fastidious as I am about everything, like, when it comes to folding, I'm just like, whatever, I don't give a shit. Nobody sees most of these things I'm wearing anyway. They're all underneath my overclothes anyway. So I I just, like, I don't fold T-shirts. I just shove them into a drawer. Genevieve, on the other hand, doesn't mind folding laundry. So that's our division of labor. Like, she hates doing laundry. I don't. I hate folding laundry. She doesn't. It's perfect. So I just will bring home this laundry. It'll probably just sit in a basket. Maybe she'll fold it tonight. Maybe she'll fold it tomorrow. I'm not... I don't care when she folds it. But the point is, if you fold it after it's already wrinkled, what's really happening then? All right. Listen, do I look especially wrinkled to you? I know this isn't like the... like You actually don't look especially yeah. wrinkled. Let me ask about this shirt. Okay, you're wearing a blue shirt. Yeah. I actually like this shirt. I was admiring this shirt. So this shirt came out of the dryer at presumably the same laundromat. It went into a pile, in, in the, which went into a laundry basket, went back home, may have been folded the day it came home, may have been folded a different day. And that's just that's just where it's at right now. Like, because it doesn't, it, it doesn't look like it went on that journey. You're right. It doesn't look that wrinkled. But I feel like, by all rights, it should be way more wrinkled than it is. Well, this, you're talking about my overshirt, which is like my, I don't know if that's a word, but, you know, my button-down shirt with a collar that I'm wearing over my T-shirt, right? right? And so, yeah, these, when I pull these things out of the dryer, what I do is I just put them aside quickly, and I drape them on top. But I do throw it in the laundry, but I do drape like... Oh, the draping, that's everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? Yeah. I thought you were a savage. <laughs> draping, that's... I mean, so I'll thank you. Welcome the, to modern life. I'll put all of the undergarments and whatever and socks and everything, like, just, you know, in towels. Of course, towels make up a huge part of the laundry. It doesn't matter if that shit's wrinkled. Just shove that into the baskets. If you have a few collared shirts, 
I'll just pull, put them aside, and then as the baskets are full, you drape them on top. You take them home. You can hang up the shirts. I hang yeah. up the shirts. That's fine. And there I'm just glad to hear you're draping. Yeah, yeah. Things. So that's like that's a, that's an important. I mean, that's what separates us from the savages. I mean, honestly, really. No, uh, absolutely, absolutely. But you can get into a. We'll see. I get into a whole thing where I'll start to drape T-shirts. So this is. Let me take you through my laundry world, if you don't mind, for just a quick moment. This better be interesting. My laundry's interesting. This better be good. The bar has been set exceedingly high so far in this episode, which, how upsetting is this for you, listeners? You've donated money to this. A lot of you donated hard-earned money for this to happen. I warned you guys. Um, Yeah, it's a... I don't feel bad for you, the listener, because you knew what this show was about, yeah. and you chose for some reason to still support its existence. Um, so, for me, the the sort of highest level of laundry that I'm doing is to pull it right out of the dryer, and I have a, actually a lot of collared shirts I wear. I hang those up immediately, and there are certain ones that are like no wrinkle from I don't know J Crew or something, and those are great because you put them on the hanger. And they're actually fine. They're good to go. But most of the rest of them, any of them that aren't that no-wrinkle stuff, they're, they tend to wrinkle. So I pull those ones out, and I hang them along the, um, the uh, curtain rod inside the TV room, because I'm always watching TV when this happens, typically Intervention or the first 48. And I hang them along the curtain rod, and then I bring out the steamer. And while I'm watching TV, I'll steam all of them. Mm-hmm. Because what I want is to have them, once they go into the closet, to be just, like, totally done. I don't want to have to do... And if there's a wrinkle on one of them, that when I'm wearing them with the suit or whatever, I will the whole day be obsessing over that wrinkle being there. So I will try to get them totally and completely handled. Then the underwear that comes out, I will also pull that out of the pile, and I will, like, stack those up. The socks, I will find the companion sock, and I will then pair them. The T-shirts, I have a whole way of folding them. This is if I'm really doing it mm-hmm. right. Slacking would be to just, at the very least, make a stack of the collared shirts, like to at least. But then those are all going to have to be um, steamed later. Well, you're, it sounds like you're steaming them either way. Well, that's a good point, actually. Something about hanging them up, I like. I feel a little bit more with it. But you're right. Most of them are going to get a steaming. Can I, you know, I know that my dad was in town and you never had a chance to meet him, but if you ever have a chance... I met your dad. Oh, just briefly at the radio station. That's right. Well, that wasn't the appropriate time to have this conversation. Sometime I'd love to have you and my dad sit down and talk about steaming and steamers. Because I've never met two men more obsessed and just thrilled with the idea that we don't have to iron things anymore, that there are these... Amazing devices with tubes that, to me, remind me a little bit of that. Uh, I think I referenced this just the other day on the show. You know, the wild and crazy guys. There's a fame. I think it might have been their very first skit. They have this giant vacuum cleaner, this giant uh, shop vac, and they make a joke about, like, get the portable vacuum cleaner. Good thing we smuggled it out of Czechoslovakia. And I'm just like, you know, it's the most giant thing in the world. Uh, That's how I think of your steamer. It's like this kind of giant robotic-looking thing with, like, these tubes coming off of it. Have you seen my steamer? Maybe not. I mean, no I tubes. Like my dad's. There's no tubes. It's not like a. It's not like a, it doesn't have a vacuum tubes looking thing coming. No, up. because the base of it holds water. You just put it in the base. It is the best forty nine dollars you will ever spend at a Walgreens, my friend. Describe. Start from the beginning, then. Describe to me what your steamer looks like. 
It is uh, about, um, I'd say, a foot tall. It plugs into the wall, has a very long cord, which is a smart thing, so that it, you know, can go anywhere you want. It sits on kind of a base. That base is um, where... That's actually not true. The water goes in the top of it. There's a little flap you can pop up, filled up with water in the sink. Just a one one foot by one foot box or something. Yeah, I guess I would say the total foot. Well, no, it's about it's about a foot tall, but it's okay. it's very um, it's it's actually pretty uh, sort of um, svelte actually as a thing. And what it is when you're holding it, it's just like you know when you iron something and you're using a lot of the water function yeah. of the iron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's just it's just a kind of like a, an easier to use version of that. So the steam is, but the steam is constantly coming out. It has a metal sort of part of it that's heated up like the iron like the head of an iron so there's a metal part that is applying heat to whatever garment you're doing but it's also constantly emitting steam okay my father's is more of a to-do i think he was kind of on the bleeding edge he's kind of an early adopter i know exactly what you're talking about it looks like the head of a vacuum cleaner except it emits steam it's big it has a water it has a thing on the floor like anytime you're ever like at a um uh, a TV commercial shoot or anything where there's a wardrobe person, they always bring a steamer, and it's exactly what you're talking about. It has a reservoir that's on the ground. Yes. It has a hose. It has a thing. That is, I mean, come on. That is too much work for even a fastidious person like me. Well, it sounds like my father is what I'm getting at is he has the more the kind of the Hollywood version of the steamer. You have more the what I would say the poor man's version of the steamer. I'm going to say one thing about your dad, <laughs> which is when I met him, however briefly... I thought those clothes are impeccable. Yes, exactly. And he smelled nice like Old Spice, right? He did. You're, it's really funny because your dad is not the guy that I would have imagined your dad would seem like. Does that is that an insult to either of you? I don't think so, although we have very similar faces. Now that I've shaved, you kind of see we both kind of have similar builds, right? Like kind of on the heavier side, but not like outright... Your dad didn't seem heavy to me at all. Your dad seemed like, here's what surprised me. Like, your dad was like one of those guys who, like you said, Old Spice, crisp, pressed, kind of Tommy Bahamas kind of shirt. Like, either he had it on or he could have been a guy who had on like a gold chain. But not in a... No, he didn't. He wouldn't. Okay. Okay, but you you have a lot of baggage with the term (laughs) gold chain. That's my fucking father you're talking about. I didn't mean gold chain in a douche way. What I mean was he was a he just struck me as much more like how do I say this in a way that's not hurtful? Socially aware than you? <laughs> that's not hurtful at all. I hope you should to, you should I think radio show. You should think of what I was trying to say. No, <laughs> what I mean successful well, man. No, what I mean is like your dad your dad seemed like the guy who would run the pro shop at the golf course yeah. in the town. And I don't mean that as an insult in any slight way. I just mean like you are a person who's very much inside your own head and your dad struck me in this brief meeting as a guy who was sort of like he looked tan. He looked to me to be actually fairly fit. He just kind of seemed like a guy. Like one time we were in my car, and I think I was trying to probably impress you, and I was like, yeah, navigation, this. And you are like, oh, yeah, my dad's car has that. Like your dad seems like the kind of guy who all of that stuff is happening for, and it seems like stuff that's not important to you. And that's why I, I was surprised. I was just surprised when I met him. He seemed like 
a guy who's sort of different than you. Well, I guess what it is is, and yeah, now now I feel bad about saying that he's he, my dad has kind of fluctuated with weight over time, but like ever, all the men in like in our family basically we're all kind of jowly sort of. So that's why I sort of feel like when I shaved, I realized I looked a lot like my dad, kind of like under the chin a little bit. Although you're right, like my father's probably. Um, not struggling with his jowls as much as I am at this moment in our lives. But hey, you know what, Dad? That's going <laughs> to... And then... And then who has to shop in the Husky department? <laughs> I'm just glad we could air this all out. But no, the thing that I think what you're trying to say is... is you know, my dad's a businessman. He's a businessman in a very blue-collar industry, in a blue-collar part of the world. In like kind of, you know, in, in literally in Cleveland and like kind of the... A very industrial part of Cleveland, and he's done that his entire life. So, yeah, like, but he is, he, you know, Jay Z once said, "I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman." Mm-hmm. My dad's like a businessman. I didn't really need to give the Jay Z reference in there. Yeah, I but we get it. We're impressed. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I just think it's a good quote. But um, you know, like, I mean, so he enjoys luxury cars, or you know what I mean. I mean, he leases them or whatever. But like, yeah, he has all the accoutrements in his car. Like, that's kind of his thing. And like, you know, he does have to. I, mean, I don't think he has to, but. Let me put it this way. He and uh, my uncle, who are brothers, who, like, run their company together, they would describe me as earthy. Like, I think that me and my dad, we have very similar thought processes. The way we, I mean, we're, you know, we both, like, overanalyze things. We're both would prefer to stay home on any given night. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when I talk to him, this is basically kind of like an echo chamber. You know what I mean? It's bad. It's almost bad. We, we feed, you know, we feed each other. It's like, it's okay if you want to stay home on a Friday night and, and just be mad when people come over all the time or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, but I do think that I am an oddity to my parents in a lot of ways, too, because... I just remember my, my uncle one time describing me and his daughter and my cousin being like, well, you and Annette, you guys are just, you guys are just more earthy. And I think that's just a way of saying that, like, I don't necessarily prioritize, you know, I've always driven junkers. Even if I had a bunch of money, like, putting it into a fancy car wouldn't be where I would necessarily go with it. You know what I mean? I don't think I'm going to be a man who wears suits. Probably Like, some people, I, I have this friend who decided that, like, I, it was kind of like this, I don't know if it was an affectation or what it was, but he decided, like, I want to be the guy who wears suits all the time. Mm. Do you know? I know that's not familiar to me, <laughs> that experience. Does it ring a bell? What I have noticed, though, is that my dad, who is also, quote-unquote, earthy, my dad, Walter Burbank, is a very, he's, like, a very earthy guy. Like, you guys would be a good yeah. fit in terms of earthiness, and me and your dad, we could have a talk about having navigation in our cars. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. All right, so we've arrived at the the dryer that is uh, f- has fully dried the clothes. See what do we have here? So we we pull out we pull out the shirts, right? Okay. The shirts, the collared shirts. We set them aside for a second. Okay. But you do it you do it quickly. You also- do you ever worry? Let me ask you this: Do you ever worry that it's not going to be dry enough? Because as a kid growing up, there was many times where the stuff was in the dryer in the house. But it turns out it was a little damp. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, that's the beauty of this system where you put it on. For, like, I put it on for an hour every time. I don't think you have to put it on for an hour every time. But I need an hour to, like, go have some drinks. Right. Think about the laundry. Do you worry about shrinking the stuff that's in the laundry? Because that's always a thing I was worried about. I think that as long as you put it on medium, I think that you can pretty much get away with it. Although, I gotta say, last time I washed my pair of jeans, I have about two pair of jeans I like to wear. Last time I washed them, I did put on my, my blue pair of jeans, and they're, um, 
They're pretty short now, so mm. I might have shrunk them a little bit, actually. i got to be honest. I want you to know that that's actually a stylish look. And even really though a lot of people tell me it's not, I, mm-hmm. I'm i sticking with the idea that high waters are the new <laughs> regular waters. High waters is exactly the word I was looking for. This is a pretty light load today, actually, so it's not going to take... I may be able... See, I bring two baskets. I may be able to reserve one basket for the things that shouldn't get wrinkled. Well, we've learned a lot today. We have any final thoughts on um, laundry, laundromats, drinking while laundry, doing um, well, how I, this is the last show we've ever done? I'd like to I'd like to put this out there. It's pretty. I've made it very clear that I'm probably going to lose my job at any given moment. Right? Like we're all prepared for like what's right. going to happen when I get fired. And now that people have heard how I do laundry, maybe. If the day comes where I'm looking for money, I could start a service where I do people's laundry for them. I'm going to just say, as a person who witnessed it, your system is flawless. Well, it's, I mean, there could be more folding involved. So I No, but, that, but the, uh, the elegant simplicity of it is amazing to me. It's like, you're not doing a lot of folding, but you're also keeping the things that should not be wrinkled. You're keeping them unwrinkled, and that's impressive, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I feel like not enough people tell me that. All right, well, that's going to uh, that's gonna do it from uh, this laundromat, the name of which we still don't know. I think it's called, oh, I just found out, I think it's called Crystal Clean Laundry. Oh, you're right. There's a sign because we're parked here, and it says parking only for Crystal Clean Laundry or City Market. All right, well, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back here tomorrow. I promise there'll be more laundry doing. Oh, yeah. Like, so that's the good news. Until then. Please remember to mount too tall, and good luck to all. Andrew loves the laundromat. I have this in common with it. Andrew and I have a lot of problems. We have a lot of disagreements, but we will agree (laughs) that the laundromat is a magical place. I love it. Well, How do you guys feel about laundromat? Well, I've never actually been to a real laundromat, and... I'm, I think one of the reasons that I'm still fascinated with this episode is because, well, I'm, as I said, I'm moving to New York soon. There's a very real chance that this is going to become a part of my life. Yeah, so, it's going to be your future. Yeah. yeah, oh, definitely. But I am a world-class putterer, and so I think that that lifestyle could really work for me. Like, I could I could see myself, like, popping a few beers back at some divey bar because I like oh, to... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, my th- I mean, dive bars are my thing, so... Mm-hmm. Would work for me, Christy. You a laundromat person? Yeah, I no, I do not like them. Um, although there there was one in Seattle called Sit and Spin. Mike, did you ever go to that? No, I know about it though. Yeah, it was kind of a it was a laundromat and kind of a punk bar. They would have shows mm-hmm. and trivia nights, and um, they had alcohol, but then also juices. Before it was before the coffee, coffee thing really hit off. And I used to go there without laundry and just hang out there. And I kind of had an this is when I was in high school. I kind of had this um, image that I would be like Janine Garofalo in Reality Bites, and I would do my laundry at this place and live in a cool apartment that was near there. Um, but I actually had to go to laundromats when I was young mm, because right, we always lived right. in apartments, and for that reason, I hated it. And um, going to laundromats in New York is the only reason I don't I don't live there right now. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, because I had so, planned to live there. Wow. <laughs>
<laughs> I had planned to live there. That was my big five-year goal. And I went to visit, and every year I would go to a different neighborhood to see what I liked best. And um, I met up with a friend, and she was talking about, oh, I said, it seems like an ordeal to do anything here in New York. And she said, no, it's not. And I'm like, okay, well, how did you do your laundry when there was a foot of snow? So, well, I had to have this laundry cart and pulled it two blocks away. That's an ordeal to me. <laughs> and that just sealed the deal. I was, I was done. Well, the reason I like laundromats is pretty much the opposite um, of your reason for hating them, Christy. I find laundromats super efficient. Like, I'll take everything. Uh, like, when, when our washer and dryer were broken here, or I think just the washer was broken, um, I took everything to the laundromat, including all the furniture covers and all, and I could get everything done in two hours. Everything in the entire house that needed to be washed. That's a really I good get it all done in two yeah. hours because they get the big machines, they get the big dryers. Like I could be doing, I, I could do all the same laundry here in the house, but it might take me three, four days. So I just love the efficiency of it. So that's that makes, that's my thing. That makes so much sense. I'm the type of person who loves commuting to work because I like the time. In between, mm -hmm. when you leave your house and you go to work, you have this found time you can't really mm -hmm. do anything about. So you might as well just make the best of it. And I mm -hmm. feel like the laundromat lifestyle could work for me because that I would just sort of be like, all right, well, what am I going to do about this? I have to do my laundry. So I might as well just kind of make it a thing. Like make well, and you'll time. be in school, right? So it's free study. Time. Well, yeah, I will. I will be in school. So most of my stuff will be reading. So it's not going to be that hard for me to... Like bring that with me. So yeah, right. yeah. Study time. Anything like like any time spent on a train or doing anything like that, I will be reading. Yeah. Well, the charming thing about this episode, and I think one of the things that probably hooked you, was you really got a feel for the neighborhood and the bar and the laundromat they were. They were talking about all the people that were walking by, um, the stink eye they were getting from the attendant, and it, it gave you a sense of place and a, and a feel for it. And that's that's kind of how at least the current iteration of TBTL is. You just feel like you you're you're hanging out with some friends, just doing some bullshit. Sorry, right. Aiden. Oh, sorry, Aiden. Oh, I I know I've been bad with the with the bullshits. <laughs> um, what I love about it too is that they they really get into Andrew's dad and just how different he is from his dad and. Like, they're talking mm -hmm. about, um, what does Luke say? Something about, like, a navigation system that he wants. Like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, my, my dad is that. And, like, that's just so not Andrew. And I think I just, I find people's stories like that just to be so interesting. And I remember that's where it started to hook me when they were talking about Andrew's dad bro. It was like. Yeah, more evidence. Him getting a nav system in whatever, you know, Cadillac that he's driving is more evidence that he's a dad bro. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like I just think that Andrew's dad is Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> like he must be. He loves. I mean, he loves that song, which admittedly is very catchy. It is. I am so ashamed. It I'm is really, so good. I'm really ashamed. I don't know if I want to tell this story, but I'll tell it anyway. I went running the other day and was, you know, I got fireball going. It was motivating me so much that I just listened to it on repeat for the entire run. <laughs> Three miles of fireball. It was oh my god. A little insane. Sounds like something I would do. 
But the unfortunate thing now is that I've listened to it so many times that I've analyzed the lyrics and they're just so like as a woman I feel so awful liking this song. Oh, oh I never even <laughs> thought about the lyrics. Yeah, oh, you can't so, just pretend that they don't exist. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um get ready to drink, Wagoneers. Uh this the the issue of folding, which it seemed like Andrew and Luke agreed was tedious, and maybe it is a little tedious, but draping is is a waste of time because you're eventually going to have to fold it or put it up anyway. And and Emily does the draping like the, the rare occasions when she'll grab the stuff out of the dryer, she will just drape everything over each other. And then I got to come behind and do exactly what I was going to do anyway. Well, is I she? Don't know. Is it? So it's out of the dryer, so it's already stuff that you don't... Yeah, it's out, it's out of the dryer, and, and the, the only saving grace of it is it does sort of keep the stuff from getting wrinkled. But I could always, if she just pulled it out and set it in a pile, I could always throw it back in the dryer for 10 minutes. You know, all that, because she spends a lot of time with the draping. It's a waste of time. Well, I don't dry most of my clothes in the dryer, and so when I... I think the other reason I found this show fascinating, when I lived in Sweden... They have something called a laundry closet there. And so Wait, the- I'm going to stop you, Kelly. You, you, Washington, New York, Sweden, oh. jogging, do surgery on mice. I mean, you're too fancy for this show. You're too right. much for us. You I don't know. Fancy. We need to end this right now. <laughs> this interview is over. You're too cool for us. Well, that is a huge compliment because I do not consider myself cool whatsoever. I'm the least cool person that I know. And if anyone thinks I'm cool, I automatically just want to be their best friend. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, okay, so it's back to Sweden. I'm yeah, sorry. so they have this thing called a laundry closet. And doing laundry there is if you want to talk about efficient, Mike, it's insane. I'll get there. But they have a thing where you essentially you drape all of your clothes out of the washer, um, like on this rack, and then you the rack kind of comes, it's like on a hinge. You can take it out the door, and then you put it back in the closet. You close it, and you can tell it how mm. hot you want to make the closet, and it just blows air on your clothes. And it saves energy, but also kind of makes your fabric really soft and nice. So I got really into that when I lived there. Um but then again, the other reason that I used it is because I couldn't figure out how to use a Swedish dryer to save my life. So it could be that. Too. Like, I just didn't understand. Like, I, I, my language skills were really bad when I was there. I didn't learn it very well. But, yeah, I, I just think that was the other reason. But the way that you do laundry there, you book the entire room in the apartment building. Like, you, at least in mine, if you, you like, sign up for a time, and then you have it for, like, two hours. But... The thing is, everyone talks about doing their laundry there because they'll be like, oh, I booked it, and it always is so difficult to get a time. So people, like, go home early from work to do their laundry because if you don't make your time, someone can just grab it. And so mm. it's, like, a huge thing there. So I think that's maybe why the show was so interesting to me at the time. I kind of like that system. Me too. But a bad system that they talked about was the steamer. Um, I... I've worked in retail when I was in college, and we we use steamers. It's not any more efficient than an iron, and it's not even as good as an iron. It's it's a lazy, inefficient way to to uh, iron your clothes. So, if in case anyone is swayed by Luke's argument for the steamer, trust me, he's not steaming or ironing anything. He's making an argument for a product that he's not using. That steamer is long buried in his closet. Well, I've also heard. <laughs> 
if you need to steam something, just hang it in yep. the room while you shower. And it just... Yep. So mm-hmm. it seems like you could be even more efficient if you just did that. Yeah. Right. Right. Put all your stuff in there. I've done that before. You know, when you're at a hotel and the, and the iron sucks, you know, and you you got to do it. So, and that works. And the steamer does work, but it you actually take just as long or longer than the iron. And the, and the iron, if you got an iron, you can really get something nice. So... I don't know. I just had to get that out there. Please, nobody buy a steamer. It would be the worst 50 bucks you ever spent at Walgreens. <laughs> I will say, though, ironing clothes sounds terrible. That must be a horrible part of being a guy. I never iron anything because I never have to. I like it. I like it. I like to, I like to like, listen to podcasts or watch TV, watch uh, baseball or something, and, and iron. I'm sad that I don't have a lot of clothes that need ironing. Interesting. It, it is yeah. – um, ultimate puttering that's why i can't believe andrew doesn't like mm-hmm. it he doesn't oh, right yeah huh um what made me anxious was andrew saying that he washes everything in warm water that really made me anxious it was weird yeah that was weird it's weird right well i recently yeah. this creepy but i recently saw genevieve post on his facebook page some article about why you should not do that She's like, I told you so. So they must have discussed this recently. Oh, yeah. They, they've they had the same arguments that Emily and I have. Drink, everyone. Um, her, she, we've, we've gotten to the point where she just she keeps her own stuff separate because there's like a different procedure for every little thing that she has, and I can't keep track of all that. So I'm a guy. All my clothes kind of require the same treatment. So I, I wash those and, and leave her on her own. Um, and it sounds like he has the same arguments with her, but, but it does, I still like do all the sheets and usually do the furniture covers and stuff like that, but her own, like the, the delicates and I'm like making little waving my hand in the air, you know, yeah, I can things, she can take care of those. Yeah. Well, they, right. they require a lot of upkeep and like, if you want yeah. that, yeah, it's, I guess that's the downside. Oh no, yeah, I'm not arguing with that they need it. I'm just saying if it ends up in my pile, that's that's unfortunate because it's going to get the Andrew Walsh, you know, clip clop treatment. It's it's going in with it with everything else because I'm not going to rifle through and find her things in my things. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So, did the article say what did the article say you should be washing your clothes in? I didn't read it. I but the the headline was something about like why you, you should only wash stuff in cold water, which I always yes. do. I don't really yeah. know why people use warm water. Like, what's the point of that? Mm. Like, chemically, so that water... doesn't really make sense. Like, it, yes. it, you know. A scientist is saying to wash in cold, so there you go, people. Well, I mean, I guess well, make the argument that it's warm water, it would, like, catalyze the reaction to be faster, but I don't think experimentally. Like, if you, you could probably design a study where you could test this, which would, you know... I've, I have all these really nerdy science friends. When we get talking, we like. I recently had a conversation with a friend about how you could design a study for the best way to cook bacon, and it went off the rails. He he's a statistician, and he was trying to figure out how you could do this in a way that would have statistical significance. And like the conversation had passed, yet he was still trying to figure it out. I had to be like, stop. <laughs> We're not talking about this anymore. But yeah, you could probably do it with laundry, though. Like I'm sure there's no mm. difference, and people probably have done that. And it's really just the soap that matters, right? And but um, so I wash all my clothes in cold, but towels and sheets and everything in hot. Yeah, hot. I could live with that. I think. 
I, w- I won't do it, but I could live. If someone told me I had to, I, I would live. Well, Mike, then what do you do? I, I'm a guy. All my stuff, all my, all my BS goes through warm. Um, I don't what own anything warm? That, that is going to, that is going to oh. be too awfully degraded by warm water. What's the point of no, warm? That, that makes sense. You want to wash sheets and towels and stuff like that in hot water because sterilize yeah. yeah, it. Yeah, that stuff's hot. Sterilize it, right? That's the stuff that all your like gross body bacteria gets on. Yep. Yep. So like warm isn't going to do anything though. It's not going to be hot enough to kill the bacteria. Yeah, but the the water in Austin is so hard that if you try to wash something in cold, it's going to be as if you just got it wet. You just walked out in the rain. The stains are still there. Everything is still there. It's it doesn't work. Mm, okay. Mm. I don't know. You guys anything an else on on laundry? <laughs> I mean, I think you can tell a lot about a person based on how they do their laundry. Like, I think it's mm. very telling. Yeah, I think it says a lot. It says something about Luke that he does his laundry and then just picks from the pile till it's time to do laundry again. <laughs> oh, I've done that. I do that a lot. <laughs> Me too. Like if I, I have done it on occasion, but but when you start doing that a lot, you eventually you sort of have a you you have to come to Jesus and go. You know what? I think I I really need to put my laundry up. I I don't want to be this guy. I am that guy. I oh, I do that all the time. It's awful. Like I'm really meticulous about how the laundry gets done, but it just uh, more often than not sits on my floor. Like unless I have someone coming to visit, right? And then I'll fold it. Right. And even then, like my clothes get unfolded so easily that I don't I don't fold half of them. So that's I'm always like the catalyst to try to make your behavior look normal. Is like oh, someone who's never been to my house is coming over. I need to make it as if. I, I'm a regular person who takes care of their their business. I mean, you have to like like someone new's coming over. You have to walk around your house with a with an eye. You know, like what would I think if I walked into somebody's house and this is sitting here and that was over there? So yeah, the laundry thing. Yeah, that's that's when you definitely got to get the pile up off the floor. Because it, it's all right to be that guy, but you don't want anyone thinking you're that guy. Yeah, I mean, if I know the person really well, then you know I'll. I don't care if they know I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so how to get involved with the show, our website, littleredbandwagon.com. Facebook page. Uh, I'm sure it's safe by now to go back to the Stens page. Please come back to the Stens page. We we miss you. Come back. Treat it as your own personal page. Post as many times as you like about all the same things that somebody just posted. Do not, no matter what you do. Don't scroll down and see if somebody else has already sharp shot them on some. Don't do it because we want your post to get right to the top. So that's what you do on the Stens page. On our page, uh, maybe be a little bit cooler. Just take a quick look, make sure nobody is already talking about this because who would want to jump in on a conversation that's already happening when they can start their own and really get everyone, make the whole thing spill all over the place? So. Stens are ours. It doesn't matter. Personal Twitter is at Drew McFrays, at Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. Um, follow Emily at Joy Steeler. Um, she's great. So, uh, Kelly, you are at Kelly Folkers? Yes, that is correct. I mean, right. follow Do we follow uh, each other? I follow, yeah, I think, Christy, I, I just started following you because I couldn't figure out, I couldn't remember how your Twitter handle was spelled, and then today... <laughs> I was on Twitter when Mike was saying it. So. Ah, yes. Okay. That gets the key to be on Twitter. Christy, let's talk about that Twitter handle for a second. <laughs> okay. That's a tough one. Is there is, is there it? a story behind that? Yes, there is. 
I'm glad you asked. Um, it is what I called myself when I was a little kid. I couldn't pronounce my own name. So instead of Christy mm-hmm. Wise, it was Kissy Eyes. That's so oh. cute. Yeah, thanks. I was going to bust your chops over it, but now I can't do that. I can't do it. That's too cute. <laughs> That's too cute. You're, I'm not going to ask you to change it. Do you think I was trying to be sexy or something? I don't know. Yeah, it is kind of sexy, but it's really hard to spell. As evidenced by me screwing it up almost every week. Every every single every single week. <laughs> I will say that don't follow uh, me if you don't want to hear about me being mad at the Nats. That's pretty much what I do on Twitter. So mad right. at who? The Nats, the Nationals when they lose. Oh. I'm I'm yeah. Luke. I'll say something mean about them or something nice. I mean that's really all I do on Twitter. Um, and I have a blog, and I'll put like my blog updates on Twitter. So that's the other those are only reasons you can follow me. The blog, if you just want, if you're not on Twitter, the blog is at, uh, sorry, the blog is uh, Kelly M. Folkers at blogspot.com. And her last name is F-O-L-K-E-R-S. That is correct. So yeah. check that out. I will tonight, and I'll make sure I'm following you. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I am? Okay. Maybe you are. Uh, but I'll make sure. Uh, the show Twitter, at LRB Podcast. I can't believe we're still letting Jeremy be in charge of anything, but there he is at LRB Podcast, embarrassing us on a nightly basis. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Um, I don't see that because I can't get into that because I can never remember any passwords if it's not the same password I have for everything else. <laughs> and the voicemail, 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. I would... Love to get a voicemail sometime. I can't check it. Christy will check it. Christy, have we ever gotten a voicemail? Um, no, I don't What's think wrong? so. What's up with that? We need we need to get something from somebody, and I don't care what it is. It 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 could even make no sense. We'll play the first voicemail we get. We're playing it next week I'll, on the show. I'll leave messages. I'll leave. Them. I'll call. I'll call. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Kelly, finish your beer and then call tonight <laughs> as late <laughs> as possible. All right. Cool. I uh, I'll pound this or- back and. Down. At the next when, at the next um, happy hour, you guys should all call. Oh yeah, I think we're meeting up on Thursday. We'll do it. That's it. That's it. Definitely. Um, that's all I have, Christy. Uh, again, Kelly, thanks, and we'll let uh, Christy keep some house here. Okay. Um, once again, the North End Meetup is July 11th at the Irishman Bar in Everett, so everyone should come out for that. And then I'm looking at these the show notes that next week we're having Stubot. Is this true? It's definitely going to be true. I if if he <laughs> won't agree to come on, I'm gonna to fly to Minneapolis and and make him get on the show. Because I thought because we've been doing so much Gen stuff lately. You know, Gen mm-hmm. this, Gen that. The old days, oh gosh, the old days. So it was nice this week to do an Andrew show and with a with a newer ten. I mean Kelly's been, you know, listening for two or three years, but I want someone who just came on board with Infinite Guest, and that the most famous person would be Stubot. So I'm going to get him on, and I'm going to go at him pretty hard, honestly, about him stealing my blog. But other than that, I'm a, I'm a Stubot fan, so that is definitely going to happen soon. Yeah, I have some questions for him because how they're – I mean, this is like a total TBTL nerdy thing, but um, – how they're deciding to post the shows, not talking about the audio issues because we don't know anything about that, actually. Right. Um, right. But how they are putting the shows on the website is making my heart sad because it's ruining the archiveness of the my Northwest, meaning no mm-hmm. one can go from when they switched over 
to infinite guests, there's no way to go back like you could before. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're going to get all over him about that stuff. Okay. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to get in touch with him, pretend we're going to be nice to him, but it's going to be a complete <laughs> ambush. So. Stop. Just kidding, Stu. I, I know you listen, so just kidding, buddy. All right. Well, uh, that's, that's 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 it for me. Kelly, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. It was um, so much fun. And yes, the Washingtons hit that jackpot spot on Thursday nights. Absolutely. We have a Facebook page, so look for updates on that. Right. All right. Until then, this is the next party. And even though we didn't talk too much about you this week, I still love you, Jen. Nailed it. I heard a smile in that one. That's the first one we've had where I heard a smile. (laughs)